listeners, and welcome to The Floor, fantasy and lore from the ground up. My name's Eli. I'm Joe Bandowski. And I'm Aaron. We do in-depth lore podcasts for games, movies, TV shows, and different worlds of mythology in our culture. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. All right. So this is part two of our introduction. That's how big it is to the world of The Witcher. In part one, we talked about uh, the publication order of the novels, uh, some of the impact of the uh, chosen translator. Uh, we talked about some of the historical and political influences on the novel, uh, the mythologies that uh, the work is drawn from. And uh, now we're going in deeper into the world itself, and we're going to be talking about witchers. Real quick, before we dive into that, a couple points. If you have not checked out the first episode, please, please check it out. It is a very good just base to kind of get your brain set and ready for either playing the games, reading the books, watching the show. It's just a very good just base for you. Also, we did discuss earlier that we will start telling you guys who's in charge of deep diving, who's in charge of getting some info down and doing some research, and who's in charge of doing nothing, just so that way you kind of know who to relate to depending on how much you know when diving into these episodes with us. So for this one, if you didn't listen to the last episode, Joe is deep diving into all of our Witcher stuff. I will be doing follow-up. I will be playing the games and reviewing the TV shows. So I will be the secondary. And then Eli. No, basically nothing. <laughs> like, I don't even know what a Witcher is. You know, I found that out last episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, take it from here. Teach him. Okay, so in our last episode, we talked about the conjunction of spheres and how this introduces both magic and monsters into the world. So now there's all kinds of monsters, kikimoras, vampires, strigas, all over the place. And the kings and monarchs of the continent decide that they want something better to combat these monsters than they already have. So they task group of wizards to create a group of warriors capable of dealing with these monsters. So Real quick. So... That event, the spheres, conjunction of spheres. So were elves and dwarves, were they in the world before? We don't know. As far as the historical records go, the meeting of elves, dwarves, and men, all of this happens after the conjunction of spheres. Okay. So it's possible they were here and they just never met, or it's possible they came from other dimensions. It's possible men came from different dimensions into this one. We don't know exactly. We know that worlds collided. One really cool theory is is that one that you said about um, they came from different dimensions because there is an expansion in the game Monster Hunter, which I've been playing a little bit, which is if you haven't, if you like killing giant monsters and just feeling like an actual be a awesome human. That is the game to play. It's so much fun. Anyways, there's an expansion where you can play as the Witcher because he crosses into the MonsterVerse. He's hunting, I think, a Kikimura. He's hunting a monster into the MonsterVerse. It's a really cool like cross. That event. is a cool crossover, yeah. Yeah, so so it actually kind of works with the tie-ins. Obviously, you can see it as canon or not, but it does make sense with that crossing planes or crossing different dimensions. 
Yeah. And you're not talking monster versus and Godzilla. No, I'm talking Monster Hunter World, the game that you guys should get. We can play together. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about it more later. But Monster Hunter was a huge game. It was probably the one of the biggest games in Japan um, back in like a few years ago. Um, And then they kind of dubbed it down and made a version for America, just because we don't like it as convoluted. They made it a little more simple, Um, (laughs) but they still kept the uh, beat up monsters and chop off their bits to make better armor. You know, like their horns oh. or their scales and everything. Um, and you can make better weapons out of them. So you hunt more intense monsters and stuff. So it's a really good game. But the point of it was that there was some cross-dimension stuff going on that they used the Witcher in, which would make sense with that theory. Yeah. All right, let's get back to what a Witcher is. Okay, so the monarchs task these wizards to create kind of super warriors to fight all of these new monsters that exist in there. So... In the city of Risberg, uh, there is a group of mages who wanted to find a way to use magic to help people in their everyday lives. They wanted to create creatures that could plow the field for you or weed the garden for you. Just right. Uh, and they tried to create inventions. This is very much like, as, as we've talked about Eberron and D&D, this is very much kind of an yeah. Eberron approach to technology that was mm-hmm. happening at Risberg. So it is here at Risberg that they begin their first experimentation on altering humans to make them into super magical warriors to fight these monsters. In the first round, I should say, of, of witchers that they create, they are not very good with magic. Like they're, they're, they're resistant to it and they cannot wield it quite like a wizard could. And so they were considered failures. And so their magic is like imbued in them. They're not exactly casting magic the way other people are. No, they have magic and, and they do cast, but it's very simple. They weren't able to do higher level magic. Okay. And but they are so, more resilient to magic, aren't they? Yeah, they are resistant to it as well. But yeah, so so this first round of witchers were considered failures. And uh, so they just said, you know, we're done. Get out of here. But a group of wizards decided that they wanted to continue and pursue this path. So, so the project's kind of abandoned, but a small group. Yeah. So, so it moves location to Morgig uh, Castle, where they continue the experimentation on these on these. And this produces the first five witches, witchers and the first age of witchers. So these first five men go out into the world and, and the wizards there at the castle are continuing to refine the process. Joe, real quick. Yeah. You just said five men. That is important. Explain to Eli why. Oh, witchers are always men. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, just for the frame, the warrior's frame. So the uh, some of the experimentation processes uh, essentially would prevent a woman from really becoming a woman. Like they, so they go through several stages. Um, one is called the trial of the grasses, and so they're given various chemical potions and elixirs that make them resistant to magic. They can heal faster. They live much longer. Um, they also consume, um, some various natural herbs in massive amounts that increases their muscularity and everything to the point that a woman wouldn't even look like a woman. Yeah. uh, A woman wouldn't even look like a woman. She would look like a man because they, they start when they're very small children. And so 
that that stay at teenage stage when those hormones kick in and she would start to develop breasts and everything like that that would never happen for a girl who was uh being turned into a witcher so they so only it's like do hormone it therapy almost yeah. Yeah. Right. the herbs are chocked full of like uh testosterone yeah yeah okay. um, keep so, in mind so yeah so the, the so the first these first five men they go out and they are gathering experience as they combat these monsters and they're able to bring this information back to the wizards as they continue to experiment and develop uh the witcher process on how to really optimize and create the best witcher possible but as they gather experience and everything they have different views on how to approach this. And you'll see this with Geralt and some of the other witchers he encounters in the world and how they think about the world and how they choose to interact with it when it comes to hunting monsters and everything like that. Uh, Geralt seems to have his own code, but his code is very much born out of the school of witcher that he was taught at. Well, Geralt's is interesting because, as we've talked about in the Monsterverse, he's kind of similar to Godzilla. In a lot of ways, he loves monsters and humans, but if they do not conform to protecting and cherishing life to some degree, and they kind of just become selfish and do their own thing, he will no longer care about their life. But he does give, he does have a lot of empathy, even after all the yeah. stuff. Yeah. So Geralt very much has this approach of neutrality. If the monster is not actively endangering people, if it just is kind of there, then he's like, I'm not going to kill it. It's not, it's not hurting anyone, right? Like if you're going out of your way to harass this thing and it hurts you, that's your fault, what right? That troll episode, well, it's that troll thing you said in the last episode, like the troll under the bridge. Yeah. Just like he's, the troll is charging a toll and now people, the bridge is staying upkeeped and it's cheaper than fixing the bridge. Like it's a win-win for everyone. So of course yeah. he's not going to kill it. So there's a, there's a great moment in, 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 in in the series where uh, a, a uh, Raskir or Dandelion depends on, uh, you know, I, they, they refer to him by a variety of names, uh, but the bard friend that he has, he's trying to find some berries to eat and uh, he sees this creature and it comes out and it scares him. Right. And uh, Geralt is like, it's just hungry. Leave it alone. Right. Where, and then this other knight runs over and chops it up because it's a monster. Whereas Geralt's like, he says, we are in its territory, and it's looking for food. It wasn't interested in hurting us, right? There's no reason mm. to kill this creature. Okay. And so he, so much he like very much has this view of neutrality. But like I said, this is born out of his school of being a witcher. They're, so these five men come back. You know, they've all got magic powers. They've got strengthened, you know, bodies. They're these super warriors. And they all kind of have a different view on how the next generation of witchers should be made. And so this creates the five different schools of witchers. I did not okay. know there were schools. You're so, have to explain and these. when the five different schools come into place and they all start creating witchers, you have what is called the golden age of witchers. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. like I said, they've all got different philosophies on how you really go about the process, but it seems like the magical process of creating a witcher is uh, pretty much the same. So it's called the trial of the grasses. And we did talk about this. Like there's a series of elixirs that they drink. There are uh, uh, mushrooms and various herbs that they're fed in, in massive amounts. Like I said, this is like massive dumps of steroids. And uh, only three, on average, three of 10 children chosen survive this process. 
oh, it's a deadly process. Yeah, the, the, the magical transformation ends up poisoning them to the point of death. So only like the hardiest of children survive. So really quick side note, the potions that they drink, these are not like D&D potions. These are still, even if good, like helpful, like healing or stamina or strength potions, they still are toxic to them. So the more potions they drink at a time, like the more toxins they have in their body. So like there's actually a meter in the game where you can't have too many toxins. Oh, really? Yeah. So, well, and, and I guess this part of this is like, and we'll talk about this more when we talk magic. There are, there's the way things work in the books and then the way they function within the television series and then the way they work in the game. And the game is very mechanical and specific, but the witchers do consume a lot of elixirs for specific effects when they're fighting certain creatures and they, they are toxic if you're not a witcher. And even the Aren't witcher, they still toxic to witchers, but to- witchers for the most part have a huge tolerance to them. Uh, so they can only drink so much. So I assume, I guess that is toxicity, but you're looking at the game versus the story, right? In the story, oh, yeah, yeah. they've got negative impacts, but he never talks about, you know, being over toxicity. Whereas in the game, that's a specific mechanic. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, like if they can only have X amount, that still would point to the fact that. Yeah, it would point to the fact that, yeah, they're, they're toxic. So we have the golden age of witchers, right? And they become very prominent and very powerful to the point of political influence. And at that point, the church turns on the witchers and it launches a massive propaganda campaign against them to get the world to see them as monsters, that they are just as bad as the creatures they're killing. Mm -hmm. And we haven't mentioned this church yet. So, no, no. Uh, And and so religion within this world is complicated. So we have wizards and sorcerers who use magic, but the clerics can also use magic. They claim that their magic comes from prayers, other people think they're accessing the same sources of magic uh, as wizards. Okay. They just have a different method of accessing it. And so whether or not the prayers, you know, are power from divine or not is debated. But there are a variety of churches to various gods. And This is in Eberron as well. So, oh, okay. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it works. So the church, I think it's, I'm going to mispronounce his name. It starts with an N. Is the best I can get you for sure. Nilfgaard? No, not no card. But yeah. Um, so which, th- what is the, the name? Can you spell n- it? Uh give me a second. I'm gonna have to look it up here real quick. I oh, know you're good. I just want to see if I know it. Um when we were talking about the Witcher, it reminded me of uh the um, class in D D called the Alchemist, where you make these potions that you drink and it turns you into a big hulking monster and you kinda of pop potions before you go into combat and Oh, that's cool. Does it actually have a name? The church, so, uh, the church uh, is called the Eternal Fire. Is that the only one? Because that one says no. the yep. is dedicated to the Eternal Fire. Yeah, well, there, are, there are other churches there. But, but this so is the it, one that matters? Yeah. And so they okay. launch a massive anti-witcher propaganda campaign to convince them, people, that they're just as bad as the monsters. That they're wild, they're unpredictable, and they will turn on you just like a monster in the wild will. 
man-made monsters. Because that's that's the best thing to do instead of being rational and talk yeah. things through. You create propaganda. Well, and 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 part of the support for this propaganda campaign is the is the the school. I guess the the school or conclave of wizards at Risberg has created real monsters in their in their experimentations that got out and are wild in the world, killing people. So it is oh. not a far stretch for them to say. Risberg created these things. They, you have seen some of their monsters. They are wild, deadly, and dangerous, and they're out there. Right? And that's why the project. That makes sense. So, speaking of propaganda, we're going to go to commercial break, and then <laughs> Eli has some follow-up questions about this, and then we're going to dive deeper into kind of the Witchers and Geralt specifically. I hope. Yes, at some point. <laughs> One day. All right, we'll be right back. Sorry, I so didn't think we'd so spend the whole episode on the Witchers. I guess we are. No, it it, it it makes sense. The Witcher's huge. Like you need to spend like a whole episode so people like we make sure we dig every piece. So like if people listen to it, they understand it before moving on. And our our job is to give the research. And you know, you're you're diving into a lot of subjects that we Yeah, I, it kinda it has to dip its toe around everything so you understand, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. we could do a whole episode on just the five different witcher schools if we wanted to we probably do five episodes technically um and i I was listening to our intro on cyberpunk and we just talked about influences on what made cyberpunk you know we didn't even talk about cyberpunk itself well that was the introduction episode right and we that was that was last episode where we did that (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 all right, we're back. Eli had some questions about witchers, and then we're going to go into what happened after the church turned on them. All right, so Gerald, or Gerald? Gerald. He's, Gerald's not one of the first five. No. Okay, and then the reason that uh, the project was abandoned was because they were making actual monsters that were going out and being feral and causing damages. No, Is that right? the, the project no. was abandoned because they wanted them to be magical warriors wielding sword and magic in equal lethality. And the witchers just could not do higher magic. Like they weren't, they, they didn't have that capability. They had some very small use of spells, but they weren't like sorcerers wielding swords with skill. And it, but, like, like they, they didn't have powerful enough magic to turn a fight when fighting a monster. No, 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 no. That's that's it. That's technically not true from my understanding. Yeah. So the yeah, the witchers makes them powerful. The witchers actually have a plethora of power that is not associated with magic inherently. Yeah. They're faster. Mm-hmm. They're stronger. They're quicker. Mm-hmm. They're smarter. But, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. So if you've ever like, particularly in the games, is where you really see this. In the games, your spells are not super powerful on their own. But when combined with your other combat skills, the right spell at the right moment turns the tide. Okay. To be honest, I forgot what spell it is, but I just used the lightning one because when I'm fighting a bunch of dudes, just humans, uh, it knocks them back and stuns them, and then I can get some big hits in and just keep stunning like three, four, five at a time. Yeah. So I remember at one point I was fighting – White giant kraken, and I was just like, I don't even know how to fight this thing. And uh, so I was going through, I was like looking through my spells. I was like, oh, one is like a trap; it will grab it. And so the kraken attacks you. You dodge, and then you hit it with this spell, and suddenly its tentacle is locked down for only like three seconds. But that is enough to slash it off with your sword. Okay. 
So, you know, they don't have super powerful, awesome spells. They're not calling down storms and, you know, hurricanes and all of that. But the right spell at the right moment turns the tide. Okay, okay. But yeah, they've only so, got like three or four very simple spells. But I, I think they have like six to eight, like in, oh. in the game at least. But yeah, so. they're they're still simple. Keep in mind, like the people who made them wanted them to be primarily or at least you know fifty to eighty percent magic based. Whereas like there's a ton of magic imbued to them because they're magic resistant. They can drink potions. They're super quick, super intelligent, just way above a normal man. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way above. They but are. because they can't cast higher magic, even though if you know anything about people who cast higher magic, they're glass cannons. Yeah. They're pretty they're so far and away ahead because not only can they cast basic magic and beat the crap out of ten to twenty guys at once on their own, they're also very resistant to magic spells. Yes. So if they fight a mage, they have an upper hand right off the bat. Yeah. Okay. So all right, so the church launches its anti-witcher propaganda campaign, which is very believable because the wizards at Risberg who created the witchers also create real monsters and they get out, right? Every Sometimes they'll summon a demon and it'll take over a, a person and then that <laughs> demon will like destroy multiple villages. Like so as much as Risberg wants to help humanity, they release a lot of terrible stuff on them. And so the okay. church is able to really turn that against the witchers which will eventually lead to a war on the witchers. So fueled by these propaganda campaigns and the church vying for its own political influence, several uh, of the armies and the, and the kings march against the witchers with, uh, and they, they bring several wizards with them as well. And a lot of the witchers die during this battle, but the really big thing that happens is all of the wizards who know the secrets of how you make a wizard, a witcher, die. What is like the Warforged? <laughs> <laughs> so Geralt is among the last of the witchers because no one knows how to make them anymore. How many witchers were there? We don't know for sure, but there was like apparently during the golden uh, age, they just said there's a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, enough for there to be a golden age of witchers. There was five separate schools, and if you ever been to school, graduating classes had one to five hundred people each year, so there was probably a healthy amount. Yeah. Well, so, we also had the golden age of bank robbery, but there wasn't that many bank robbers. <laughs> All right. There so, wasn't that many bank robbers caught. <laughs> So the witchers, uh, we'll talk a little bit about them. Um, they are stronger than a normal person can be. They are faster. They can heal uh, a lot faster. They are resistant to magic. Um, but one of their real, really big powers is their ability to drink these elixirs that would kill a normal man that then imbue them with special powers depending on the occasion. So to be clear, Eli, they don't kill everyone. It's kind of like that... So that three out of 10, there's a 30% chance the man will live. Uh, when I was playing The Witcher 2 in the opening, there's a guy who's like mortally wounded and like Geralt offers him a drink. He's like, you're going to die either way. And he's like, I don't want to become a mutant. And Geralt just rolls his eyes like, that's not how it works at all. So drink this. That's uh, <laughs> not how it works at all. <laughs> so like, because of all that church propaganda, people believe that kind of stuff. And it's, just, yeah. it's just something to help like – quicken the healing process and potentially save him. It's like, you're going to die either way. You have a 30% chance of surviving if you're human and a hundred percent, if you're a witcher. 
So is that how people refer to witchers as mutants? Mutants, yeah. Yes, they they don't like them. And since witchers have distinct attributes, the white hair and the gold eyes and the pale skin. So the oh, white hair okay. might be unique to Geralt. So Geralt, um, so I guess the, the, the witcher experiments, we know there are various phases to them. And depending on how an uh, individual reacts with each phase, they get moved to the next one or they might stop them there. And Geralt went the farthest into the experimentation. Like very few witchers go as deep as he is. So even though uh, there are other witchers, few of them have as many of the abilities as he does because he was so resistant. And and he's one of the younger ones, right? Yes, he's one of the younger ones. He's not, he's not the last one made, but he is one of the younger ones. So he was he was after they've already perfected most of the stuff. Yeah. And he was resilient. So he kind of had a lot of stuff going for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so there are other witchers and they don't all have the white hair. That was part of the extended experimentation on him. Oh, uh, more stress on the body yeah. or something. Same thing with the gold eyes. Uh, that was also a special experimentation on him that not all witchers go through. I thought witchers had distinct attributes so people knew they were witchers. Is it just the two swords then or – uh, so one of the m- most defining ways to identify a witcher is the wolf medallion. And the reason they wear that is that it detects magic. So even though oh, they're yeah. resistant, it's like an early warning sign for them. Nice. If you're resistant to a tank mortar shell or like a bullet in general, a tank will still hurt you. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you can like shrug off an AK-47 or whatever, but you want to know if there's a high-tier mage around because if they sneak so, attack you. Yeah. Uh, was so in bad. the second episode uh, of the uh, the Netflix series, there is a witcher who is hired to deal with the Striga uh, and he does not have white hair and he does not have gold eyes, but he does have the wolf medallion. Doesn't he also die? Yeah. He does die, yes. <laughs> like, oh, like also like I don't think we even really see him. We just like kind of vaguely hear him. Well you about see him. you see him get like, hired just, and then oh, you, yeah, see, you see the scene. Yeah, he gets hired, he dies, and then we see his dead body and Geralt identifies the medallion and be like be like, Oh. So like, yeah, the story like the, the talking about him was more of the actual screen time he had, I feel like. Yeah. There is more uh, but time. there is also a mage that's doing stuff. I don't remember if that's the first, second, third, fourth, fifth episode, but there is a mage that he does do combat with, and he does have to do a lot of recon before he goes and talks to the mage or fights with, because, and I'm not, I, I haven't watched it since it came out, so I could be completely wrong here. I'm not but sure what you're talking about. <laughs> there, there's, there's a magician or a mage that he has to, uh, uh, in in the in the Netflix show that he has he goes and talks to and ends up having I think you're referring to the Renfree episode. Uh, We'll talk about that when we talk about episode one and the lore points there. But basically, like, mages can do serious damage to witchers if witchers don't do some recon. Yeah, but they are resistant to magic. They do have the wolf medallion that warns them. So, And they do carry the two swords. Um... And of course, the 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 one has silver a silver alloy in it, and uh, both swords have magic runes on them. And the runes are there to block magical healing. Um, so to deal oh, the with the damage that they do can't yeah, be magically healed. Can't be magically healed. And and the the reason they were created that way was some magical creatures regenerate magically. 
to stop that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is a moment in uh, the books where he has a fight with several men, and one is not dead, but he's dying, and there's a, a sorceress there, and she tells him, she says, I cannot heal with you ma- with magic. These wounds were made by a witcher's sword. Mm, okay. So, to, to, just because of the two swords, I don't think we covered that properly, is one is made with a silver alloy, which is perfect for killing monsters, because monsters are more affected by silver. And then there's a yeah. steel or whatever alloy it may be for men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for anything else, and I, I guess the silver sword is only for certain monsters. The, the steel sword is the stronger of the two, because silver is a softer metal. But there are certain creatures he needs the silver for to prevent them from healing too quickly. And that's why he has and two different swords. the silver is just potent to high yeah. tier or certain types of monsters. Yeah, so just, I guess, like, he's got the runes on both swords, but it seems that some monsters are so, I guess, their their magical healing is so efficient and strong that he needs well, the and silver. And resilient. Isn't the silver technically a type of magic metal, almost? Not like magic, but it's more... It's just... Uh, a holy metal almost i guess yeah like, i don't really know how to describe yeah there are it. certain so creatures it, that you need the silver to even like hurt demonic yeah yeah, yeah. so silver is good yeah. for those yeah so he's got the yeah so that's why he the second sword is really for special monsters whereas the the other the the steel one is his main sword for just any occasion okay real quick eli we talked about the five original witchers we've talked about the golden age of witchers we've talked about kind of the the grass trials is that what it's called the Trial of the Grasses. Yes, Trial yeah. of the Grasses. Up until this point, do you have any questions about those that you kind of want figured out that's kind of convoluted? Um, I, I, I think that's put together enough to where, where we're at. And, you okay. know, yeah, yeah, I, 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 think, I think we're doing good. All right. Awesome. Joe, continue. Okay. So we do not know how long a witcher lives, but there's a few things we can kind of put together to try and figure this out. Okay, uh, so at one point in the season of storms, the story jumps forward 127 years, and Geralt is still fighting monsters. Oh. And at that point, he is not an old witcher. So in the books, we encounter uh, Vesemir, and you will hear Geralt mention this, time, this name now and again. Vesemir is really like the closest thing Geralt has to a father. Uh, he's a very old witcher, and he is the one who trained Geralt. And he is old enough to the point that his joints ache, ache like an old man. And so, like I said, we don't know how old Geralt is in the season of storms. But 127 years later, he is still not an old witcher. Also, just fun theory for you, Joe. He is technically has gone through more trial of the grass or more mutation than most other witchers from what you yes. said. So he may actually have an even slower aging process than other witchers. Yes, that's true. Uh, that's okay. Because he went through more of the experimentation. So maybe do. the average life is 400, but Geralt's is 800. Like we don't, yeah. we don't know for sure. Mo- Geralt but, uh, exactly like Godzilla and be yeah. immortal. Yeah. It, uh, but I mean, nobody knows how old a witcher can live because once they start to get old and slow, they usually will die in combat to a monster. They're not, oh. they don't live to an old age, right? They don't really retire. I guess they technically could if they wanted to, but people will eventually start hunting them because people don't yeah. like so witchers. Vesemir so is, is our best gauge there, and we don't know how old he is because he he, he just you know he just mans the keep at Cairn Morn, which is kind of the witcher base. 
Um, Karen Moore? Yeah, that's what they call it, Karen so, Moore. So, question. Yeah. So there were five schools. They've all been destroyed or Yes, yeah, so during the war on then. the Witchers, all everything was destroyed, ex, you know, uh, except Karen Moore. And even Karen Moore, they took the bodies of everyone they slaughtered in the war, stuck them on pikes, and they now surround the keep as a oh. warning to anyone who would oh, come the against Witchers the did? Witchers. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so Karen but, Moore, this is like where all of the Witchers have now, like, this is a safe spot for any Witcher. So regardless of what school you went to or we're associated yeah, yeah. with we are all in this together because we are the last of our line kind of thing yeah yeah now it is like it is it is it it, it is hidden and it is on the border of being abandoned because there are very few witchers left in the world oh okay there's like less than 20 right so we don't know for sure like you know i, I don't think we ever get a count but they're well, very there's rare at least now. one less from episode one of the show to episode <laughs> four i know that for sure there's an episode two. <laughs> he dies. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then I guess maybe we'll we'll mention briefly the cats. Uh, so the cats are a group who they don't have wolf medallions. They, theirs is a cat on the emblem. And these are witcher rejects. They did mm. not die during the trial of the grasses, but they didn't fully mutate the way they were supposed to. So they should have died. <laughs> and, uh, so they, they're kind of witcher rejects. And occasionally... Uh, you'll come across one of these cats out there, but the cats are, they, I guess they're maddened by the process. So they are very wild and dangerous people because they have, they're, they're stronger and faster than a normal man, but they are not wholly connected to reality. The, the, the mutation has damaged their brain a little bit. So, yeah. So, the, but they are connected to the witchers because those experiments were done to them as well. So question, just because I like connecting things, and I also want to give this teaser for people who are listening in. So this would kind of be like how, you know how in Cyberpunk Red, uh, that tabletop that we're going to be playing soon um, uh-huh. and recording for the, oh, for the podcast? Yeah. Oh, whoops. Did I, did I say that out loud? Anyways, uh, like there's there isn't there a percentage where you can eventually become more and more machine and you lose part of your uh, mental capacity almost? Or you become yeah. less human. Is that yeah, you, kind of similar to this, like what happened to the cats, except they just did it really quick? Oh, the cyber psychosis. Yeah, because that's over time. Like, okay, I'm gonna swap my arm, then my leg, then half of my brain for cybernetics. Uh-huh. Uh, and so in the Witcher, like this is kind of like, yeah, let me go through the trial, and then it's like, oh wow, I was not ready for that. My brain snapped. I am now. Oh no, it's more like those. Uh, what are those? Well, the, the cats are not that extreme, but they are wild and unpredictable. But, yeah. I, oh, so I they're cats. That's accurate. Yeah. So, yes. So that is Witchers, like I said. So Geralt has his code, and that is very much born out of the school of Witchers he was trained in. But it's also kind of the last of the schools. And like I said, they don't make Witchers anymore. So, quick question. That cat medallion, does it also detect magic or have some function? I don't know. It, it, we'll they, answer we, that in the next episode. <laughs> we all right. Like nothing I've read on uh, talked about it having any special powers. You know, it may have just been that they gave it to him as a warning to other people. Be like, hey, he's a little unstable. I would guess uh-huh. that it, it does. It does have it, just because it's they're they're basically witchers but outcasts. So they're okay. their own. They're a little bit more. 
this is my theory. So this is not accurate. Do not assume this is true, but it just makes sense in my head that they made their own medallion kind of like the wolf one that's also imbued with magic where they had someone make it for them. So it may not oh, be yeah. as powerful as the witch, as the witchers, but to some degree it does something because they wouldn't, I don't think they would have it for no reason. Maybe it just gives them night vision. <laughs> well, they're cats. They already have it. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, that's basically all we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So next time we will talk about the four different timelines in the Netflix series, how they match up and, and how to kind of follow them and, and, and watch for the points that connect those. Awesome. Okay. And real quick, Joe, I know that we talked about this earlier. We did not talk about it on the podcast, but we did want to start implementing just shout outs to YouTubers or podcasters that you use to reference. Did you have any that you wanted to mention? Oh, I, I have just been reading the books at this point. <laughs> okay. So the, so the original author, which did you want to try reading that name again? or Andrzej Sapowski. He said it completely. No, actually, it would be Sapovsky, right? Not not a W. Sapovsky. Sapko. Sapovsky. I don't know. Anyway, so he wrote the books. I've been playing the game, and so I would shout out to whoever made the game. I don't know. CD Project Red. Is that who it is? Yeah. And then I will be watching the show before we go over the show in our next episode, just so I can have a refresher before you kind of do the timeline. Um, and then Eli, we're doing a new, a new ending. If you wanted to do that. Oh, yes. Um, where do I have this? Shout out to our patrons. All right. Shout out to our patrons. Uh, we have Dorothy, we have Rachel and we have Robert. Benjamin, Uh, right? And Benjamin and Benjamin. So yeah, I just thank you for supporting us. Yeah. And those are our uh, Patreons right now. Thank you very much for supporting our podcast. But yes, we could not be able to do this without our patrons. Obviously, as you guys look, we're actually adding to our tiers. We're going to be doing some game nights these upcoming Saturdays. So look out, we're going to be making a discord channel. So if you want to actually play with us and talk with us, I know me and Joe want to go through uh, DDO again. Um, and we'd love a team and we'd love it to be, you know, some of you guys. So look out for that. Uh, we just are very appreciative to all of our patrons. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please leave us a review. And if you see any of our ads or some of our social media, uh, if you could like, share, comment on it, just as a way to let other people know about it. If you're enjoying it, you probably know some other people who will enjoy it as well. And of course, uh, word of mouth is the best way to spread. So we'd love it if you would tell your friends about the podcast as well. Some of D&D has contradictions. There's a lot of retcon that goes on as each edition kind of goes out. So if you've got a preference uh, as to which piece of, of the lore you really prefer or something, let us know, and we'll we'll cover that in some of our listener mail. And uh, we do do uh, some in-depth research, but every once in a while, you know, maybe we reference a source that isn't great. So, you know, if you think we got something wrong, let us know. Or, you know, just want us to dive deeper, feel free to contact us. And then you can, of course, contact us at floor fantasyandlore at gmail.com. If you uh, want to support us, you can hit up the Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And then, of course, there is our Facebook page, which is floor fantasy and lore. And always floor is spelled F-L-O-R-E. That's lore with an F 
in the beginning. If you want to check us out on YouTube, uh, maybe see some gameplay footage or just some images to go along with some of the things we talk about, like some of the creatures or the environments, then you can uh, see those on YouTube and usually just the floor or floor can find it there as well. If you are interested in joining the Patreon, you can get early access and ad-free access to the episodes there. So you can get a week early to some of the shows and uh, we are in discussion about some of the other things we want to expand to. Thanks for listening. And now we have given you the floor and foundation. Now go build your own story.